Hello, and welcome to The Board Librarians, Episode 3, where we're going to be discussing Walnut Grove. Welcome to Walnut Grove. By Tuco Takalukulio and Paul Lodane, which I did not say right. I apologize in advance if you're ever listening to this, which I highly doubt, but you never know. And this photo will be featured on my dog Cricket's Instagram, Cricket Jack of Hearts, so you can look at the cover of the box and decide for yourself how it would be pronounced. And I am Brian Brings Board Games at Instagram, so check us both out. And today we're going to be reviewing that game. So let's start, dive right into Welcome to Walnut Grove. Welcome to Walnut Grove is a two to four player game. I'm talking in like a special voice. Yeah, and you're not even reading off of anything. It sounds like you're reading like off of a description, but you're not. <laughs> no, I'm working <laughs> it. Should I go back into it? Yes. Continue. Welcome to Walnut Grove is a two to four player game that features worker placement and tile building. In this game, you're going to be playing through four seasons, which is typical of a year. There were seasons in this game? Yes. And you're going to be first pulling some tiles out of a bag and placing them down. Let's talk through each season. Let's talk about what you thought about each season. So the first season, what did you think about the tile pulling? I'm hung up on the fact that I didn't realize that we were playing through seasons, but um, now I'm looking at the pieces. I did take photos of the board so I can um, kind of have notes, but <laughs> I can't believe I didn't realize yeah, that. There were seasons. That explains why we had to burn more wood in the winter rounds. time <laughs> okay so what did you think oh, about like the, what did you think about the first season which happened to be spring did you like the tile placement part of the game all right so um, this is one of those games where you have your own board in front of you and then you're playing with the group board the board in front of you you have the option to build onto your farm so there's different spaces like there's one with cows there's water there's we didn't figure out what yellow was i want to say it was like hay or maybe it was corn. I don't know. It was yellow. And then there was like some mountain stuff. And then there was wood. And you have the option to expand any of those fields depending on which tiles you draw. And part of this was um, working towards the goal of fencing in your paddocks or areas. And you get a point for each fence. You get area. a point. I liked, and part of, I guess, um, I like to make sure the colors are all kind of matching. So I did match up a lot of my colors, and I did fence in a lot of areas. What was the question? What did I think of? What did you think of the first part the of the game? placement part. Did you like that part of the game? I did. I just went off on a tangent. But, yes, I liked it. That's why I went off on a tangent about it. Now, you start the game with two workers, your farmer, who's a black farmer, and you have... He's a black meeple. Yes. And you have a yellow worker and a, a white worker or a blue worker, and... The white workers like to eat dairy, the yellow workers like to eat grain, and the blue workers like to eat fish. And if you don't feed them, you take these horrible, horrible tiles, the town's helper's tiles. I forgot what they're called. But they're basically these tiles, and if you don't, you, if you don't pay them off, you start losing points. You're a beggar. And in the last game, I played this, not today, but the last time I played this, I remember I had a very bad score because I did not pay my debt off very well. But anyway, the well, first part... one of the things I had something I didn't realize too in this game so the first part of the game you draw three tiles or two tiles or four tiles and you usually just keep one and you place it on your board and you try to match different terrains and then you put your workers on the board and that's the second season which is the summer you put your workers on the board and you harvest your farms and your your plots of land so you count the number of tiles that are connected to that part of land for example if you want to make stone and you have three tiles that have stone next to each other you get to make three stone but only if you put your worker on that, in that area. 
color. Yeah. And each terrain set has little spaces to put your cubes. They're little cubes that you put on there. And if you run out of space, you have to put them on your storage board. But your storage is also limited. Your storage is very limited. You start the game with avoiding the storage, which you desperately need, and you start with two coins. And the coins are very interesting in this game because they're worth either zero, one, or two points. I didn't realize while playing this game, so I kept uh, my coins face down. So she kept them a secret, even to yeah, herself. So that kind of harmed me in the end because I flipped over my three coins. And much to her dismay. And they were all worth... Zero. She had zero points. Zero points. And, and I had traded in a coin earlier, and I didn't look at how much it was worth. So I would have happily have gotten rid of those coins early on in the game if I realized that they weren't going to add to my endgame score. No, but she was a coin hoarder, and she didn't give up a single coin. I, yeah. You were a penny pincher. I wasn't a beggar, though. You were a beggar. Yeah, I was. I guess so. So... The first part of the game, you're putting down the tiles. The second part of the game, you're collecting your resources. And the third part, which is probably the most important part, is the town board. The town board has several different shops you can stop at. You can buy buildings. You can buy special endgame scoring tiles. You can sell your goods for money. Every round, there's going to be a special good that's worth more money. You can also... Every time you pass by the church or the town hall, you have to give in a coin. And so it's kind of like the opposite of Monopoly because when you pass Go, you get $200. And in this, when you pass the Goes, you pay money. Yeah, you pay. And if you don't pay, you take one of those special little tiles and make you lose points. And you go around the board clockwise and you can stop at one stop each round. And there's eight rounds. So you have eight different chances to stop at different places. But it's very hard. This is a game of resource management. And if you don't resource managed correctly, you're going to be screwed over in the end. Yeah, because you have to account for your storage spaces or the amount of spaces you have on those tiles, and you can lose your resources, and you can also not um, get the resources you need for that round. So certain rounds, let's say the the blue worker needed double the amount of food, and if you didn't account for that, you'd turn into a beggar. Yeah, and also... Every round you have to, your, your people basically, your farmer gets to live in his own little house, but your other workers, they live out in a tent. But I bought mine houses, so they if were you don't, happy. If you don't have a house, they live, on this, they live in the middle of the wilderness and they have no warmth, so you have to provide them extra wood. And several rounds I did not provide enough heat for my people, and there's certain conditions in the, certain rounds you have to provide extra wood. If you don't have the wood, you take another beggar tile. So... You see a little pattern here. Lots of begging, lots of you know negative stuff in this game. This game is a struggle, and it's a very low-scoring game. I think the highest game I ever saw, according to my board game stats app, was 23. But I also scored a 3 at one point. And I have to say, unfortunately for Elizabeth, this is the first time I ever won this game. I've lost it five other times or four other times. So I was happy to win, but it was definitely there's a learning curve to this game. I don't know if the coins made that much of a difference. No, I think but it I was just kind of bummed that they were all zero. It was an interesting game though. So let's talk about the appearance of the game. What did you think about the looks? Did you like the pieces? Did you like the board? Did you like the artwork? I liked I liked the board because it was like a little town. However, I think it would have been more fun. I don't know, would they have been... There's some games like this that have that, like, more 3D feeling. However, I will say that I was kind of bummed that the resources didn't resemble the resources that they were. I would have liked to have, like, a cow or a bottle of milk instead of a cube or a fish tile or hay or corn, whatever the yellow was. We didn't find that out, and it's kind of bugging me. I will find out. 
but I would have preferred to have the pieces shaped like the resources they were, which does happen in a lot of the games we play. It just didn't happen in this game. Well, Welcome to Walnut Grove is a medium price game. It's about $40. That's my baseline that I usually go to. However, a game like Caverna, which is a similar game with farms, but that game has nicer pieces, but that's also double the price. Yeah. So the more money you spend, the nicer the quality you the pieces are. You get what you pay are. for. But I don't think the pieces, I don't think it's the most attractive game. I mean, compared to some of the other games I, I have at home, it's not even close to some others, but I think that it's decent for what it is. What did you think about the player interaction? Was there any player interaction? I don't think, oh, so um, there, there really wasn't. There wasn't. We didn't have to, like, get resources off each other. That happens in other games, too, where if you're, like, short something you can buy it off of somebody but you did notice that this was a game that you could play by yourself too and honestly i don't play a lot of solo games but i think this is a game i would probably consider playing by myself because there's so little player interaction there isn't any player interaction other than the the, uh, space on the town where you can block another player from going to a building that's the only place you interact with other people but otherwise your decisions are 100 percent your own and for those who like euro games this is a game that you might enjoy if you like playing the solitary game where you're not competing with other people. Some people don't like cutthroat games where you know you do a move and the other person can't do something. This is a game where you're playing your own game. You're playing against yourself. There are some mitigating factors such as there's a certain amount of buildings that come out. So if you buy the buildings and other players, like for example, there was only three houses. I bought one, Elizabeth bought two. So I bought if, two. If I had wanted to buy another house, it was not an option for me. So there is a little bit of luck in what comes out because the starting buildings are random. However, it's a lot of it against yourself. If you, if you make a bad move, if you don't plan ahead in this game, you will be punished in this game severely. And the negative tiles are bad. Once you take them, you have to pay three resources to get rid of them. If you don't pay those three resources, the next time you're supposed to take a tile, it's permanently negative two. There's no way to get rid of it. And I think that's harsh. And that's the kind of game. Do you feel that it evokes the whole struggle on a farmhouse theme? Well, once we kind of reflected on what it was, the struggle does make sense. Um, These games tend to stress me out when you do have to feed the people and, like, you know, keep them alive. <laughs> and some of the rounds, you have to feed your people double. Yeah, and like as soon as you get the resources, you're already out of the resources and you can't use them to buy buildings or other things. That I didn't really actually look at what the other pieces were because I was so focused on trying to feed my people. <laughs> now, here's a deep thought. Why do you think the black farmer does not need any kind of food? He's or, a black meeple. But why doesn't he need any kind of food or heat? His house is, well, he lives in a house, but why isn't he hungry? Maybe he just provides for himself. Maybe. The theme of the game is that you and your wife. His wife's cooking for him. The wife is probably cooking for him (laughs) because it says you and your wife are moving to a farm and you're trying to survive. Can you prosper the best? And in this game, apparently, you can live it on your own. You don't have to worry about anyone else. You have to, your workers have to take care of themselves and you have to feed your workers, but you're your own person. I think that's pretty amazing. I like the covered wagons too. There's covered wagons in this game, and I, I like it. It kind of reminds me of Oregon Trail. I think this theme is, uh, the, the game's theme itself transpires well into the actual gameplay because you do feel like you're building a, a small farm and you're going to the town, the rustic town. I kind of like the whole Western theme of the game. Yeah, and the board is Western. Like, you don't have, like, a, a green tile. It's dirt. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a pretty well done game. So that brings us to our rating system. And to remind everyone, in case you forgot, we're rating them on the Dewey Decimal Scale. 001 
means this is a game that you're sending out to pasture. This is a game that you do not want to keep. It's a game that you're going to probably not want to play again, and you're going to sell it at the farm auction. <laughs> As opposed to a 999, which means that this is a commercial farm, you're doing well, you're in the business, and you are living in nice cabins, everyone's in a cabin, so I think that would be a really good scenario. So I will start the reading this time. Excellent. I like this game because it's short. I feel that you accomplish a lot in the game. And I feel that it is a struggle. And for me, that's a positive because I like the tension the game brings. Will you have enough resources to feed your people? If you make a mistake and put your people in the wrong area, that's on you because you made the mistake. The game did not punish you. The game will punish you for it, but you can only blame yourself for your bad actions. So I feel that overall, I would have to say that I would give this game, I would say 760. I think it's on the higher end of my games. I like it more than other games I've played in the last couple of weeks. And I do think it's a keeper in my collection because I like the fact that it's short it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's pretty easy to learn and play. And it's definitely, I like the variety of the tiles. What about you, Elizabeth? Okay, so I have to admit, I kind of like nerded out on this one because I, <laughs> I just double-checked what section was what with the Dewey Decimal System. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll rate it the cookbook, but that's going to be too low of a rating. So 641, right? Yeah, so I was like, no, it's too low. That wouldn't be fair to the rating of this game. So I just kind of did a search for like hunting slash fishing to see like what range that would be in because it sounded like it was more, and that's like 799.26. I feel like <laughs> it's a little bit higher than I would rate it, but like I said, I was nerding out on this one. So um, I would probably give it the same rating you gave it. What did you say, 760-something? I think so. Yeah, I would agree with you on that because I feel like the hunting, Dewey Decimal System class, hunting slash fishing, is a little higher than I would give it. So I was I was trying to be an overachiever here and match my rating, but I would say 799 is too high, so I would say like 760. As far as this being an essential game for anyone's collection, I would say it's not an essential game. I would say if you have a friend who has it, play it before you buy it because it's not something I would say go out and buy this right now. I think it's a fun game. It's suits well into my own collection but it's not something i would recommend to people who are just getting into board gaming or who even are just starting a collection of board game and have an interest because it's not amazing it's a good game but there's nothing super special about but it, it wasn't hard to pick up i have to say we kind of just jumped in did you play this game before i already forgot uh, i played this about five times okay um i have to say that this is a game that i felt like i jumped into i didn't feel lost um i didn't feel like you really needed to explain the rules the pieces were kind of self-explanatory I just did not realize that this game had seasons in it, and I feel like that would have explained the wood thing. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I can understand that. So, overall, we definitely give us a passing grade. I definitely recommend you go out and try it before you buy it, but Welcome to Walnut Grove is a hit in both of our eyes. Yay! Our second session is going to be something we call Board game lingo, in which I pick a term, Elizabeth's going to try to define it, and I will correct her if she makes a mistake. I will most likely make a mistake. <laughs> the first term is meeple. What is a meeple? So, a meeple, it's not meatball, it's like people, but with an M. So, it's basically the player pieces. So, um, during this episode, Brian kept calling the certain 
uh, pieces. He kept saying the black farmer, and I kept saying the black meeple. <laughs> but they're not really meeples. Meeples are actually... I'll give you a little history lesson. I think they came from the game Carcassonne. And that's a game where you place your workers on different tiles. And it's like a me plus people. It's a little wooden person, and they often have a typical shape. They're shaped like... People. But they're kind of like more round, and they're like... They're like a star shape, I a guess. A star shape, yes. And they usually come in the different colors, and they're used in a lot of different games. Any wooden piece can be considered a meeple, so you're not wrong in that the character... The black meeple farmer. The black meeple farmer, yes. He had a hat. And... So, meeples are a big board game staple, so if you hear someone referring to meeples now, you know what that means. Yeah. The second term we're going to try to define is area control. What is an area control game? So, um, area control, I'm kind of thinking of risk in a way. I feel like... (laughs) That sounds about right. Because that's also a game that if you aren't really into gaming, you kind of understand. You kind of want to take over an area and then the more that you have that area the stronger chance you have of getting points and dominating the world i recently played a game called eight minute empire legends which is area control basically you're trying to control an area by having the most pieces like she said so it usually is whoever has the most pieces gets extra points or gets a special ability there's a lot of different area control games but that's one of the main genres of board games what about worker placement Worker placement, um, that was kind of what we did tonight with Welcome to Walnut Grove. You designate your people to make resources or provide a service, and that will cater how you can get points or what future abilities you can have. Um, Some games you need resources in order to buy buildings or perform an action, so... That's how I would explain it. Yes, most games that have worker placements, you put the workers on the board, and there are certain spots that are designated for certain player counts or just certain spots to give you certain abilities or resources. And usually most of the games, when you put a worker on it, another player cannot go there. They're blocked out. So it's a strategy of which space to use first, which one's most valuable to your um, to your turn. And I have a lot of worker placement games. It's one of my favorite genres because they're pretty easy to teach. You say, okay, this space you get this this space you do that and i find that to be very easy to teach there are some very complex worker placement games but you're going to be hearing me talk a lot about them because that's one of my favorite types of games except they're stressful when you have to feed your workers i don't like having to feed them and there's a lot of games that have that unfortunately i'm sure we're going to cover some along the ways so if you have any questions you want to send us listener questions that'd be wonderful we're the board librarians, or is it board? Li- it's board librarians <laughs> at gmail.com. Board librarians at gmail.com. And we're going to be back in two weeks with a special surprise. We're going to have our very first guest on the show. We're going to have a random person, one of our friends, probably. Probably a librarian. Or, or maybe someone not. That well, library employee. Is, yeah. And they're going to come and they're going to play a game with us. And then we're going to talk about the game so you'll get to hear a third voice. So I hope you guys can brace yourselves for that. It might be very exciting. It might be. Um, let's just say it will be. It, it will, will be. be. We're going to get someone so exciting, you're going to be like, wow, where they find this person? Yes. Or Well, maybe. we'll know where we found them because chances wonder, are we probably found them in a library. Well, maybe we'll pick a random person off the street and be like, want to talk about a board game with us? They'll probably say no, but, you know, you never know. That could be fun. Anyway, thank you for listening, and thank you to the Sachem Public Library for hosting this lovely space for us and letting us use it and tune in in two weeks for another great episode of 
The, the Board, board librarians. librarians.